Hello, 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 good day, and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Ashitino, and I do know that I did not have a podcast up last week. For those those of you who've been following me for a while, you, you'll know that about, and if you haven't been following me, first of all, welcome aboard, and second of all, um, just, you know, now you're going to be caught up. So I had, uh, just, just over two months ago, um, I had surgery to replace a heart valve, and it was open heart surgery. They couldn't do it the easy way, you know. I say easy, like, oh, the easy way to do surgery on your heart. Um, but, you know, they could do it the laparoscopic way, basically, minimally invasive. Couldn't do that to me because I already had had open heart surgery before, and apparently there was too much, like, scar and tissue and stuff like that uh, in. But... Um, anyway, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's been two months, but it's only been, uh, uh, this is over two months. So, um, it's January, actually it's been three months now. So January to February, February to March, no, just over two months. You can tell sometimes, I, you know, math was never my strongest subject in school. Uh, but anyway, so there are some weeks where I just, I don't have the best of weeks health-wise, you know, I'm still recovering. And, um, you know, I'm teaching, I'm back to teaching now, which I love, but it does take some energy out of me. And then, I, you know, it's, it's uh, over here, we've got, uh, you know, a football season back or soccer, as they call it in the United States. And uh, I'm coaching as well with that. So, you know, sometimes it's just, it's, it's a rough week. But anyway, I didn't begin to do boring you with that stuff, because that's not why you're here. Um... Those of you who know me know I am a historian by trade, and I'm currently a teacher, uh, and we're teaching. Uh, we have this, this uh, in the coming week off, so it gives me a little time to, to correct papers and get stuff done. And one of the things I've been having discussions with my students, you know, they, they, they want to know stuff they hear about, um, thankfully because celebrities... You know, people that put stuff up on, you know, social media platforms and places like TikTok will talk about things like, for example, what happened in Georgia with the the Voting Rights Act uh, down there. And, um, you know, just in general, what's what's going on with the country? You know, people calling for boycotts, this talk about what they call cancel culture. Um, and, you know, this goes back even further to arguments about should we keep certain things up or should we take them down? And, you know, I, again, I've, I've had this discussion with my students and, and, you know, when I'm teaching here, I can say what I want, but when I'm teaching, you know, I have to, uh, you know, I, I have to be a little more delicate with the issues. So, um, you know, this idea that somehow you know, the, there's cancel culture. Oh, we're getting rid of all of our history and everything. We're not. I mean, nobody, for example, let's just take something that uh, it, it's not that big right now. It was very big last year um, before, before the pandemic. Uh, the issue of Confederate statues, okay? Um, you know, every, oh, you know, this is just the history. It's heritage. You know, the old say heritage, not hate. Um, and 
there were people that wanted to take down these statues. And then there were people who said, no, this is not... Listen, this is part of our history. Like it or not, it's part of our history. And to that, you know, there, there are different ways to address that. But as a historian, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong. I had a student uh, a couple of years ago that was doing a project about the Civil War. And he put together a very nice diorama, you know, and, and he had the little um, plastic soldiers. And he said they couldn't find um, a small, like a Confederate flag to go with the Confederate soldiers because it had become a case of, well, you know, it's a Confederate flag. That's a no-no these days. Now, I, I look, I'm the first one to say I'm, I'm not in favor of people flying that flag. I think it's... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, not really so much anything to do with heritage. Um, you know, it represents uh, a time when half of this country broke away so that they could keep people as slaves um, and started a very bloody civil war, which you know, resulted in the deaths of you know, hundreds of thousands of people. And so, you know, the Confederate flag, it should only be used. So, for example, if you're doing a reenactment, fine. Use a Confederate flag. If you've got um, a presentation about history, you're, you're doing a thing at a museum, fine, use the flag. But it's not something you should be flying off of the back of, you know, your car or truck. It's not something that should be involved in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, likewise, the statues of, you know, Confederate generals... Uh, you know, is, is there really a reason? And especially, you know, some of them, uh, you know, some of them you could make arguments were a little less noxious than others. But, you know, you're still dealing with guys who are fighting, um, you know, against the government of the United States at the time. For whatever reason they chose to do it, they were fighting against the government. And they did not win. Um, and, you know, you had a lot of these guys were slave owners. Okay, and then of course you get the question. Okay, well, if we're going to do that, George Washington owned slaves. Okay, you know all well, these, you know many many of the founding fathers owned slaves. So should we, should we then get rid of any George Washington related stuff? You know, we'll, we'll get rid of all of that because if if you want to get rid of anything that you know people having slaves. And, I mean, it's a legitimate question on the one hand. But on the other hand, you're, you know, they, many of them had slaves because it was that time period. And, and, and we have to remember, going forward, there was more and more movement for abolition. Okay? I mean, it's kind of how, like, uh, one example that I had heard at a time... You know, we've advanced a lot in understanding of health. And there was a time when, you know, cigarette companies used to advertise, like, cigarette chosen by more doctors than anyone else. You know, the, the, the advertisement of the doctor smoking a cigarette, because that's what you do. Now, today, you know, you're not going to find a doctor in their right mind who's going to advocate for smoking cigarettes. It's not done. We've moved along. I mean, you can... You can barely smoke anywhere anymore. I was having a discussion with a good friend of mine about um, the, one of the local malls that we both grew up around. 
and the old stores that used to be in the mall. Oh, you remember this store? You remember that store? And I remember going there to the mall all the time, my grandmother, and it was, you could smoke everywhere. You're just walking through the mall, smoking. You know, you go, you sit down at the restaurant, smoking. I mean, you could go into the department stores, smoking. And that's just the way it was now today. You know, eventually what happened at the mall was it moved from you could smoke anywhere to we have special locations for your smoking. That's the only places that you can smoke. And then eventually it became a smoke-free environment. And then eventually it went even further where you had to be so many feet away from the door in order to smoke. So, you know, our understanding of how bad smoking is, you know, tobacco smoking is, you know, really kind of guided our eventual just pushing smoking uh, out. I mean, will it ever completely go away? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's uh, I, I guess as long as you want to smoke um, in your own house or car, you don't have kids in the car, you have adults who are comfortable with it with you, well, by all means, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of your business. But, you know, like I said, the, the prices of cigarettes have gone up ridiculously. So, I mean, if you could continue to afford spending, you know, 10, 12 bucks a pack, um, you know, that's, hey, you know, you've, you've got more money than I do. Um, but that's the thing is, it's like, you know, what we, we're moving, we're kind of moving in society towards things where we don't treat people from the 1700s the same way we treat them from the 1800s and from the 1900s, okay? Um, you know, it's, it's a different way because our understanding of, you know, these issues has changed a lot, okay? It's changed a lot over the years. And I think in a very good way. I mean, you know, but that's... The problem is, again, that these statues... And, and these statues weren't put up in the direct aftermath of the war. The statues were all put up, essentially, during the year of Jim Crow in order to basically kind of, you know, throw it in the face of, saying, yep, you know, we're still going to venerate these people, okay? We're going to venerate these people. And that's, that's bad. You're venerating people who were fighting for a bad cause. Um, you know, and if you're from the southern part of the United States here and listening, um, you know, this is not an indictment against Southerners. One of the biggest misconceptions is that all Southerners were, you know, rabidly pro-slavery and, and that they supported it. In fact, um, in many states of the South, there were sizable portions of the population uh, who did not want to have a civil war and who did not own slaves. So, you know, you, you can't just lump everyone in together. But it brings us to this idea of cancel culture that we're going through now. That's the new buzzword, isn't it? Everywhere you turn, you've got cancel culture. And so what happened was you had Major League Baseball was going to have the All-Star game in Atlanta. And they pulled it along with the draft. They pulled the All-Star game. No, we're not having it here. Now, it's estimated that that will cost the city something like they would have made $100 million off of all the festivities. You know, they're, they're, it's not just like the one game. There's the, you know, the home run contest. There's people that come from all over the country to be there. 
um, you know, it's it's a few days worth of, you know, people coming in partying, having a good time, and whatnot. Uh, and you know, this was followed quickly thereafter by calls from uh, former president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, to boycott Major League Baseball. Uh, you had similar calls to boycott the NFL. Uh, you know, when when players were taking knees. Uh, you know, this is this is just it's, it's a boycott. I mean, you know, people do have a right and businesses have a right to spend their money where they want to, to build things where they want to. Um, you know, I mean, the, the golf, one of golf's biggest um, venues, one of the biggest events, the Masters, there were calls for the PGA to pull their support from that and to not have it there. Um, and they decided they, they were still going to. You know, and it's not it's not being done to hurt the average Georgian, okay? But it's being done because you know, in Coca Cola, I was reading somewhere that um, in the the state house or something, in, I think I'm pretty sure it was Georgia. Guys were going around; they were removing all Coca Cola products um, because Coca Cola came out and, and criticized the uh, the law. And you know, what it really speaks to is there's an old saying we have which is elections have consequences. And it's very true. You know, when you win an election, your party, whoever it is, gets to determine policy. And so with this, it's also a case of if you're going to pass a law that other businesses don't want, that you know, major corporations don't want to be associated with, you have every right to pass that law. I'm not saying that they didn't have the right to do it. Uh, but what I am saying is that when you do that, you're, you know, if, if there are a lot of people that don't approve of what you're doing, then they're going to come after you. Okay. They're going to come after you. Um, and it's much the same with anything. I mean, people have, you know, the, the power of the purse string. Okay. Boycotts have completely changed a lot of different things in this world. All right. Um, the civil rights movement, um, as we know it, was kicked off by a bus boycott, more or less. You know, there were other things before, but that was one of the first major things, and it was a massive fight. I mean, if, if you, employees were threatened by their employers that if, if the, they found out that, you know, they weren't taking the buses, they would be fired. Um, you know, it was, it was just, it was really ugly, but eventually... It broke down the companies because, you know, after a while, if you're losing a lot of money, and that's been the case with, uh, you know, I mean, with with people, who's it, the, the former owner of the, the Reds, Marge Schott, uh, she got a comment about, uh, you know, uh, even Hitler didn't start out, you know, he had some good ideas or, or something like that. This is going back now almost 40 years. But, you know, people lost their minds over it, and rightly so. You know, I mean, if you want to say something like that in, in private, I mean, that's your business. It's ignorant, and it's dumb, or if you're not a person. But if you're, you, you and, and there was also some racist stuff that happened, and she had black players on the team. You know, so you've got, you know, you've got to be wary of these kinds of things. And you have to understand that you could do that. And, and ironically, in their efforts to fight cancel culture... Some of these guys are engaging in their own cancel culture, trying to, 
you know, get Major League Baseball to, you know, I guess to to collapse. Um, there are no signs that anything's happening. Just like the NFL, I mean, the NFL got through, the, you know, the whole deal with the, the kneeling and, uh, you know, is, is, is doing better than pretty much ever. In fact, they've added a 17th game to the season, which is utterly stupid because, uh, well, it's just one more game. Yeah, I know, and, and I would buy that if you weren't at the same time talking about how concerned you are for players' welfare and health, and then you want to add another game for them to go out there and beat their heads into uh, the wall. And and it's it's much like, you know, in, in the Champions League, uh, if you follow soccer, uh, European soccer, they're doing the same thing. They want to add another... It's going to add something like 10 games, the way they're reformatting it. And it's like, you know, these players are already playing games left and right. Especially if you're a team that's involved in a bunch of competitions. Like, if you're an English team, say you're in the Premier League, you've got your regular season games to play, you know, every week. And then you've got, there's the FA Cup, the EFL Cup. Maybe you're in the Champions League or Europa League. I mean, it gets to the point where you're you're playing possibly at least two, sometimes as many as three games per week. And, you know, it you don't just recover overnight, okay, from playing a full game. It takes, you know, a day or two to recover for the muscles and, and, and everything. So, you know, they, there's that, and, you know, they're the same thing. They want to talk about concussions and head injuries, and it's like, I've got a good idea. Let's add more games, okay? That'll totally solve the problem. But this is saying, you know, it's, it's funny, as a historian... You know, it's there's that fine line you have to walk when you're talking about these things because, you know, people would say, well, you know what? You know, well, why not? Let's get rid of all plantations, these old stately plantations, uh, you know, in the South that people go to see today. You know, let's get rid of, uh, let's stop showing Gone with the Wind. Today, a lot of times they'll show something beforehand You know, uh, some of the ideas in this movie, you know, represent a way of thinking at a certain time, you know, um, and and it's true, you know, because a lot of them, you know, some of the language being used at the time, movies, especially when you go all the way back to like the 30s and 40s, you know, there's just a different way of looking at things, Um, you know, any any of that stuff, the stereotypes are very prevalent, you know, and... um, yeah, it's just, you know, again, it's like, do we need to ban Gone with the Wind? I know personally, and I can't wait, to, I'll probably have to dodge Flying Tomatoes after I say it. I'm not a big fan of the movie. Um, I know that that's kind of sacrilege. It's like when I say that the Beatles music just doesn't do it for me. But the the point is that I think that the movie was, it's, first of all, it's it's very long and, you know there aren't really there aren't really a lot of likable characters um you know it's it's kind of everyone's just in, and scarlet is a you know she's a pain in the rear end and whining and and you know i, I don't like movies that you know the, in a way you know I, I don't like the movies that are basically apologists for the confederate side in the civil war you know um it, it was it was the wrong side 
I know that some people fought for it based upon their own personal feelings. You know, they may have been fighting for, you know, their their state and said, well, I have to defend my own state. I don't agree with this, but at the at push comes to shove, you know, I'm going to defend my state. It's much like how people might say, you know what, I don't agree with what my spouse is saying in public, but if someone starts ripping into them, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to defend them. Okay. Even if I don't 100% agree, I'm still going to defend them. They're my spouse. So that, you know, that's really what it comes down to. I think in a lot of ways is we have to, we have to have honest discussions. And the problem is that a lot of these discussions start with, um, you know, a kind of like, look, let's be reasonable. We don't need a statue of the man who formed the Ku Klux Klan, okay? And it starts with that, <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, within 30 seconds, we go to, you know, uh, well, we should ban teaching about George Washington from the history books because he owns slaves. Or, you know, we should uh, destroy the Jefferson, you know, uh, a monument because, you know, slavery, um, you know, Lincoln one time said something that wasn't glowing about African-Americans, so we should, you know, abandon him and stuff like that. And it's like, no, I, you know, I mean, we have to be honest about it. We have to teach that these men reflected the time period in which they lived, okay? And, you know, that they were, and th that's one of the problems in the United States. And I, I, I'm pretty sure most countries have a sort of issue like this. You have here in the United States, we have what we call the founding fathers, okay? Guys like Washington, Jefferson, you know, Adams, Hamilton, Franklin. And we put them on a pedestal. They are, it's, it's almost like, you know, the brilliance of the founding fathers, what a wonderful system they set up, what this and that. But they were also... For the most part, wealthy, land-owning white men, um, who many of which, like I said, had slaves. Many of which had ideas about women, which today, um, you know, would would cause people to gasp. So, we 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 come around to teaching, you know, that these guys were the the greatest men who God ever sent forward to the earth. No, they were humans, just like anyone else. They had good points to them. They had bad points to them. There's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, that this was, you know, this person or that person had some brilliant ideas about, you know, a democracy and the type of government that would be best. Um, and at the same time was just, you know, was a slave owner. Okay. I mean, you get guys all around the world you know, they talk about these people and it's like, you know, well, this person was a major, you know, he was a drug lord, but he used to, you know, uh, donate food every week and, you know, uh, to the, the poor shelter. And he always took care of the people around him. And, you know, he never turned down a request from a widowed mother or something. You know, uh, human beings are, for the most part, highly flawed. And to, to hold them up to something that's that high. And there's nothing wrong with admiring them, admiring aspects of them, okay? You can admire what George Washington did for the country. 
There's a reason that he is referred to as the indispensable man. But you can also turn around and say, yeah, but you know what? Man had slaves, and it wasn't, it wasn't good, okay? It was, it was a bad thing, even though slavery was perfectly acceptable back then. It was a bad thing, okay? Uh, you know, Woodrow Wilson, in many ways, uh, was a very good president, but Wilson also was responsible, probably more than anyone else uh, in, in, during that time period, uh, for pushing African Americans out of uh, the federal civil service, okay? So, you know, Wilson, and, and Wilson had certain ideas that, like I said, today would be, you know, considered, you know, you have to balance that with the fact that he also, you know, was uh, his, his, his desire for a post-World War I world that would prevent World War II um, was really good, but, you know, it never ended up coming to, uh, I'll do a podcast on Wilson one day. It'll be, it'll be fun. We'll talk about, uh, you know, he tried very hard to make things happen, um, and, and it didn't. There was obstructionism at home. So, you know, when we go about, and, and my, my kind of final points on this right here, um, I also think that what's going to happen is you're going to see, uh, if I had to bet money right now, which I usually know because I'm terrible at betting, and so I, I just prefer not to lose money. Um, I don't think anything's going to change in Georgia. I do not believe Georgia are going to adjust this bill. I think they're going to dig their heels in, and they're going to take the hit because I think that the bill very much helps one side of the uh, the, the political equation a lot more and I think that in the in the end run in the long run it's going to they're going to be like look we got to take some hits along the way but we'll do it and eventually I think that they're going to count on the fact that you know people aren't going to do this forever okay that's the other thing too about a boycott or any kind of a movement if it's not sustained so I mean Major League Baseball pulled out of Atlanta right okay but what else is going to happen I mean are other you know are other groups going to pull out of Atlanta? Is the NFL going to uh, you know pull pull uh, the Super Bowl out the next time? Are they going to say we're not even considering Atlanta for the Super Bowl? Atlanta has a beautiful stadium down there, and it's you know it's a nice place, it's a major airport hub, and I think that's what, you know they'll be like listen, eventually they'll be back. I mean Coca Cola will criticize things, but what are they really going to do? not going to shut down the factory they're not going to say well you know what we're there's really and people will go back to being like yeah you know that law was stupid i think that when voting comes around and the first couple of people that they start issuing tickets to for handing out water uh and food to people that are online i think that's going to reignite things um but i don't think that they'll they'll do it and and that kind of brings me to the, the last point that I want to make about this before I start wrapping things up. You know, the whole idea of this kind of Ayn Randian, you know, objectivist, libertarian uh, capitalism is that people make decisions based on their own rational self-interest, okay? 
you know, people will do things that will help them. They will avoid doing things that will hurt them, okay? Even if you think, well, that's just hurting this person, but maybe in the, in the mean, in the, you know, in the short run, okay? But in the long run, it might be because they have a bigger objective, a bigger goal, and they're like, okay, so I take a hit right now. The, the problem here in Georgia, I think, and that's, they're showing it in a lot of other places where they're trying to pass these restrictive laws, is they don't really care it's, it's, you know, there's every possibility it could, um, it could, um, end up backfiring on them if it drives voter registration up. You could argue demographics are moving against them, but they're going to stick with this, okay? I mean, for crying out loud, they're, they're, you know, loosening, in several states, they're loosening gun laws, Okay? Making it easier to buy guns. I mean, this is right after, you know, we've had 20 mass shootings, okay? I mean, the United States is the only country, you know, I, I almost feel these days that, like, if we have a week that doesn't have a, a mass shooting, you know, and, and we usually don't hear about a lot of them, you know, four or five people get killed in, in, in a, you know, in, in uh, Los Angeles or, you know, in New York, uh, you know, get shot. I mean, we hear about it when it comes down to like the big, what, like eight, nine, ten people, you know, twelve people, or if there's a a siege at a, you know, like what happened with the, um, uh, well, with with the Asian massage parlors, uh, the spas, and also what happened with, uh, you know, the uh, the shooting at the um, the grocery store in, in Boulder. Uh, you know, but that's the thing is, it's like this is ridiculous. Why are you doing this? And a lot of them are doing it just because it's like, you know what, we want to stick it to people. Or we're not going to listen to you telling us we need better gun laws. Even though that would benefit them. It would be better to have stricter gun laws, okay? I don't say you can't have a gun. We're just saying that, like, maybe, you know, you don't need, you know, uh, the the uh, the AR-15 uh, with all of the accoutrements there, okay? So that's that's kind of it, and it doesn't... It doesn't go down. I mean, none of this makes a lot of sense, especially if they keep getting hit financially. You know, they'll still they'll still go with it. Anyway, that's my prediction on it. We'll see what happens. We'll see over the course of the next couple of weeks uh, what ends up going on. So, uh, baseball, of course, is just uh, just started up another season, and my beloved Pirates are one and two, unfortunately, right now. So that's uh, but you know when you're a uh, <laughs> You know, as I used to tell my kids, you you know, at school, you guys weren't born the last time we had a winning season. You know, that's okay. Anyway, um, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to drop me a note over Anchor. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, please tell people about it. And uh, I will try very hard to get back into the once a week, you know, as much as I can. Hopefully, as my health continues to improve, you know, it'll it'll be easier for me to do this stuff, and we'll get back to as near as makes no difference what it was before. So, having said that, I wish everyone a uh, very happy whatever holidays you're celebrating. There's several of them that just passed, um, and some coming up. Um, and I hope that you had a very happy, healthy, and safe week, and do enjoy this coming week. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>